Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to another episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and today we're going to answer the question, how is the freeze response behind autoimmunity? To answer this question, I have with me a good friend and colleague, Keisha Ewers, and she helps women reverse their autoimmune diseases. This is why I'm so excited to have her on with us and her and my life. We share similar, many similarities, and my guess is that you will see many similarities as well in your own life, regardless of the differences in the details of our life events. Now, we know that adverse childhood experiences are associated with autoimmunity, but I am going to specifically go into the freeze response and its connection with autoimmunity. If you don't know what the freeze response is yet, well, that would be another reason to listen to this episode. I hope you are ready for some exploration into our life experiences that will provide powerful insights about how long ago a biology of trauma started within each of us. In this podcast episode, you will learn the following why looking back and finding a moment when you wanted to die can be helpful, how long a biology of trauma is happening underneath the surface before symptoms develop, why freeze happens in children more than fight or flight, why you don't need to remember the story to heal, and trauma and biology tools for reversing autoimmunity. We will include the discussion of the three essential elements for reversing autoimmunity somatic work, parts work, and biology work, just to give you a teaser. And what is it like to apply the tools for yourself and for your patients or clients? Keisha, I want to welcome you to the Biology of Trauma podcast. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So if you don't mind, share a little bit more of your story, because how do you go from being a registered nurse in an ICU to now this expert working with autoimmune and trauma and healing uh, the unresolved traumas in our life? I think in my, my time period from the age of 19 until I was 30, when I was a registered nurse in, in intensive care units, I started realizing, you know, there's a lot of trauma in that with family members, right? They have a loved one that's in crisis. Um, I was the one that would volunteer to take patients off the ventilator when they had to go and that led me into some hospice work that I just loved. And it's really seeing people in their authentic times when those parts of us that are in there that, you know, come out in crisis that that can sometimes come out sideways. Right. And and I started noticing how to work with people when they were in that space. And then I got sick. And so right around age, you know, 30, 32, I wound up getting diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis because I woke up one day and as my patients say, all of a sudden I was sick, which wasn't accurate. I had been developing it over a 20 year period, but I didn't know that. (laughs) And, and, you know, all of a sudden I have overnight this 10 extra pounds of puffiness all over my joints and my body. And I'm in, you know, abject misery. And it was like someone had taken the batteries out of the energizer bunny 
which is what my friends called me. I was a marathon runner, skydiver, I was raising four children. You know, I just, I just really was in this life in this very driven, perfectionistic, people-pleasing way, which I have now come to find out is part of my disease process. Part of it. Right. Yes. Which is just interesting because that's the exact age that I really had my health crash too. Yeah. And there, there's something to that, right? Like it there starts is. in early childhood and that there's this period of latency. There were things that are happening under the surface, but then- it, for both of us, you know, in, in our early 30s, we had our health crash and autoimmune issues. <laughs> right. So my diagnosis of RA, when I went in to see, you know, a, a physician that morning, um, she asked me if I had a family history of autoimmunity. I said, yeah, I think my grandfather mm. had rheumatoid arthritis. So it was in a wheelchair for a number of years. And I was thinking about this when I was telling this story some months ago. And I realized, so I'm 56 um, I turned 56 in February and I realized when I turned 56, like oh, that's when that grandfather died. He was 56. And I think about my life and how vital and, you know, like how much healthier I am now than I was when I was 30 and how much happier and more at peace, you know, and I just think, wow, that's so interesting because they didn't know any of this back then. Did they didn't know. realize that these strategies that we adapt you know, yeah. bring in as adaptive strategies for childhood meanings that we create for our experiences exactly. actually can be changed and shifted. And we don't have to be the way that we are when we are diagnosed with an illness that's trying to get our attention. So I was able to reverse my rheumatoid arthritis within six months because after she gave me two prescriptions, one for methotrexate and one for a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, I went home thinking, Okay, she gave those to me and said, when you get worse, come back, yeah. not if. I wonder what I was told to, Keisha. When, yeah, when you get worse, we'll change your meds, and, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I thought there must be something else. And so I sat down at my computer, which in those days was a dial-up modem, and I asked <laughs> Jeeves, you know, is yeah. there anything else? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I was completely in the Western medical paradigm. Like, I always say, if an herb had bitten me in the bottom, I wouldn't have recognized it. And so... <laughs> You know, like the transformation. There's no, there's no room for that in an ICU. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. And no call for it. You know, necessity sure. is right. the motherhood yeah. of invention. And mm-hmm. so what I did was I said, okay, what else is there? I went into PubMed and I found some interesting data on yoga and autoimmune disease. Went to my mm-hmm. first yoga class the next day. <laughs> and that yoga teacher actually said this word Ayurveda and said enough about it that I went home and asked Jeeves about Ayurveda. And what I discovered was that, oh, 10,000 years ago, this medical science that's the sister science of yoga actually said we're all different, A, which was revolutionary to me, and also that autoimmune disease is undigested anger. And yes. I, I remember thinking like, oh, but I'm not an angry person. And then Exactly. Thinking, I don't, I'm not an angry person. <laughs> right. And then thinking the next thoughts right mm-hmm. after that, maybe mm-hmm. that there's something there to that. Yep. And that maybe, maybe the fact that I can't recognize or, per, or have permission mm-hmm. for feeling anger, right. that maybe my body is storing something. And I was learning how to meditate and do some different things in response to the data that I was gathering about autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. And so I took this word autoimmune into my meditation and I thought, oh, auto means I'm doing this to myself. I'm destroying myself. So when's my, first, my own self, mm-hmm. when's the first time I wanted to die, you know, and that was interesting because I didn't want to die at the time I was sitting there meditating. And so I traced us right. back 
backwards and found this little 10-year-old girl version of myself. And I looked at her and I thought she wanted to die. Like that part of me definitely wanted off this planet. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I know these are connected. This has to be connected. And my cells are just saying, okay. And it turns out that science does say that these past childhood traumas are connected to our adult health in some very, very compelling ways. And I knew that back then, you know, before the ACEs study was done, just by looking at her face and going, oh, yep. and so my, you know, by really diving in and working on that trauma and doing some work around my diet, Mm -hmm. all of it had to get done. If I would have ignored the trauma, there's no way this would have happened, but my RA was gone in six months and it hasn't been back. Well, and and thank, thank you for that. And uh, it's interesting because when you describe looking back and finding that 10-year-old self that had wanted to die, that's exactly the same age that I look back and see that in myself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that I had consciously remembered, but I, I have a Mexican mom. She's been in my life since about age, age eight or nine. And she told me probably a year ago, do you remember that when you were 10, we had that conversation and you told me you wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't remembered that conversation, but it makes, it makes so much sense seeing the, the time points at which certain physical symptoms started to hit me after, again, also very much like you, you know, running marathons and uh, was an avid cyclist and biker and was always very active, was in general surgery residency at the time. So just always very, very active, very on the go, uh, very per- per- perfectionistic. And yet looking back, I would say that I don't have that story like you that I can point back to and say, well, that was the reason mm-hmm. that that little girl wanted to die already. And so for me, there's been a lot of uh, reframing around traumas, right? And and what would be considered a big T trauma, a little T right. trauma, and how even if you don't really relate to having trauma, it's it, it's not really about events and stories. It's about, do you have these patterns in your nervous system? Did these types of experiences and patterns get stored in your nervous system that it's causing these biological consequences later on in life. It's less important to remember an event or, or, or associate something with trauma. It's not even necessary at all. And people get worried about that. You know, do I have to live or I don't even remember my childhood. Is that a problem? And I say, Oh no, absolutely not. And when you can't remember your childhood, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It doesn't mean that you have to go dig in and go under hypnosis and exactly figure Mm -hmm. it out. Like none of that is necessary Mm -hmm. in order to do the work. It's not the story that is, as important because in the story, I always say in the story is where your trauma lies, you know? Um, so if you look around you as an adult and you don't feel safe, you don't feel good enough, you don't feel like you can trust the world, you don't feel, you know, all of these things, or you feel like you have to caretake everybody and not yourself, that right there is your story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the hope is, right? That we're not stuck with whatever it is with our health conditions, but specifically autoimmune is definitely associated with unresolved anger, unexpressed anger that we turn towards ourselves. And so it's often the people that are the people pleasers that are uh, the really nice ones that actually have this, this anger that they just turn towards themselves rather than expressing it. 
And the driven and, ones. And the driven ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's even some cancers that are also associated with that unresolved anger. So um, one of the things that, that I love that we both kind of landed on is functional medicine. And that's definitely kind of what helped me shift out of that and learn what tools I needed. But let's go deeper into your hurt study, and then we can pull in some of the functional medicine stuff and actually look at maybe some of the biological things that we can do to support our body during even a diagnosis or to pull ourselves out of an autoimmune. What are, what are some of the more biological things that we can do for resolving trauma? But I'd love to have you share more of your hurt study and the results that you found with that. So I was actually studying women who were coming to see me. And again, another question that was unanswered in the medical literature where they were, they were coming in for bioidentical hormone replacement. And they would say, you know, you prescribed this for my sister, my mother, my daughter, my friend, and they, they're fabulous now. And I want to be fabulous. And so can you give me hormones? And so I would ask questions along with the intake, you know, that like, well, so why do you think you need hormones? And, oh, my libido has gone. And do you like your partner that you're having sex with? You know, and, and it, you know, oftentimes burst into tears. I would see right. people cry, you know, about that yep. question. Or, yep. Yep. well, I, I used to have a libido and now I don't. And my partner had an affair five years ago and I've forgiven him, but I don't really want to have sex with them. Or I live in the land of Seattle where a lot of engineers are and for Boeing and Microsoft and, and Starbucks and Amazon. And so there are a lot of like very analytical male brains, not to be very gender biased here, but that, and a lot of emotional connector type females that are feeling unconnected to. And so I started seeing these patterns and going, you know, hormones aren't going to help that. <laughs> you know? and, this is just so, a band-aid. This actually isn't the real it's issue. It's not here. even a band-aid because, right. it's, you know, it's like the, the story right. here is not about your physicality. And so, so I did a Ted talk about this, you know, have you heard from your libido lately and talked about it? And, and, and I went back to school and, you know, as I went into medical research, I couldn't find anything that was talking about this. And so what I did ultimately was mapped what happens with the trauma cycle. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, we're little children and we're, we don't have a fully developed brain yet. We don't have that adult prefrontal cortex that does, you know, that's fully developed, that does our executive function and makes good choices mm-hmm. for ourselves. We have a lot of this reptilian amygdala survival part because that's, yeah. you know, we're little beings trying to figure yeah. out how to be big trying beings. to survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the big beings are running the show mm-hmm. and they're the ones telling us if we're good or bad. And so we're trying to figure out how to be adults through this process. And so the little T traumas are the ones that are the most prevalent and they are equally as important as the capital T traumas. So Absolutely. what happens is you, you go to school, you go to a friend's house, you go on a ball team, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're at home, different things occur that you can't understand what just happened. And that's it right Right. there. Like it doesn't have to be a giant thing. Like maybe you ask to have the potatoes passed to you and your dad ignored you and passed them to your brother instead. In that moment, if you trigger to it in that moment and you go, well, why did that just happen? Am I not important? You know, in that moment, you're going to have an emotion 
And it can be, you failed your first test. You didn't make it to the top of the rope in a presidential challenge in PE. It can be, you know, like you didn't get picked for a ball team. You messed up a word in the spelling bee. Like it can be the tiniest things. You get hand-me-down clothes and your older sister gets all of them or older brother, all the new stuff. And you get the hand-me-downs. It can be anything that you trigger to. And that triggering process is going to be an emotion that is felt and it will be sadness, anger, fear, panic, terror, you know, any of those. And then that's going to trigger that nervous system response in what we call in the autonomic nervous system, your sympathetic response. Now for children, this is most of the time freeze because we're not powerful people. We can't fight and we can't flee. So we freeze. And so in that moment, that emotion gets frozen in a part of your body and you start a nervous system pattern happening of reactivity. Now, the next thing that's important that my model illustrates is right in that moment with your undeveloped child brain, you make up a meaning, a meaning that explains to you what just happened. And it makes sense to you and your child brain. And then that becomes a belief system that you carry forward for the rest of your life. And you attach an adaptive behavior to that belief. Mm -hmm. And then that adaptive behavior becomes oftentimes a maladaptive behavior when you're in adulthood. And so for me, you can track mine very easily, you know? So here I am on 10, the intercom goes off in the corner of the classroom to call me to the office. And I wound up having this trauma happen at the hands of the vice principal. Well, then every time the intercom goes off for every morning's Pledge of Allegiance and secretarial announcements, I go into freeze and terror. And and the belief is that I have, the meaning I created is I'm not safe. And so people in authority can't be trusted to say, to do what they say they're going to do. And so now throughout my, you know, my, my adaptive behavior response to that was, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect to even survive, not to be respected, not to get love, not to feel worthwhile, but just to survive. And so, cause he was telling me this was my fault because I was white trash and I was bad, you know? And so a child's going to believe those things. And so then there's my, my people pleasing and my perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So in adulthood, you're not going to be even, you know, aware that you're running this pattern. It's just going to be the way you run your life mm-hmm. until some moment comes along. And this is where the disease process is so important, where you have a call to action in the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. And, and it says like, oh, something is happening and I don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. there, I don't have the skills for it. And so that was RA for me. And so in that moment, in the hurt model, I say there's a bifurcation of two pathways. You can keep doing what you've always done. And that leads to illness and low libido, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then over here, I have an opportunity to, if I have the willingness and willingness is the most important word to Mm self-confront. And if I have the willingness to self-confront and go, oh, every time I'm upset in this world, I'm present. Hmm. maybe there's something happening with the way that my pattern of personality is in on this planet and my interactions with others that maybe I could view and look at. And so in that moment, then you get called to do this kind of work that I'm talking about. And at the same time, your nervous system reactivity pathways that 
go off. Like in my case, if adults can't be trusted, if you get pulled over by a cop or <laughs> if you go There's through so TSA in the airport, you know, I mean, like yeah. there are a zillion of them crossing the border <laughs> yes. into Canada, you know, yes. it's like, you know, and so, so the, you know, the, the willingness to self-confront says, Oh, yep. you know what, sweetie, this isn't that that's right. you're not 10 anymore. And I've got this, mm-hmm. you don't need to be the one interacting with this, you know? And so you're, you're really learning how to differentiate the parts of you that are coming forward. And yep. so with that, you know, at the same time, over all the 20 year period from 10 years old, when I created those meanings and beliefs and adaptive mm-hmm. behaviors that are now maladaptive, now I have a leaky gut. And I have genetics that are expressing themselves as RA because that's in my family line. And Mm -hmm. I've got a toxic burden of living on this planet, also being a photographer and sticking my hands on the chemicals and, (laughs) you know, like a whole bunch of things, a host of things. I'm a sugar addict. You know, um, I, my genetics say gluten is rat poison for me and I can't have it at all. And I didn't know that. So I come home from my long runs and have granola over my yogurt, which I'm also lactose. You know, I can't do that. So right. all but these you think things, that's a healthy breakfast. Mm-hmm. Right? All these things yeah. like bloating mm-hmm. to the point yeah. that I have to unzip my jeans by noon and the continual drive towards running longer and longer miles to manage the five brownies I ate the, the night before, that all has to come to a head. Yep. You know? And so that's that's the beauty of all of this. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's bad. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's time to have awareness around this yep. and move to the next level of development. Absolutely. It's, it's a message, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's your data. body's way of communicating. Right. And it's what we do with that message. We can lean into it and get curious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you did, you, okay. I, it seems like yoga is helpful for, <laughs> for autoimmune. I guess I'm going to go to my first yoga class tomorrow. Right. And then you heard about Ayurvedic medicine and it's like, okay, let me lean into that. Mm-hmm. We get to lean into it. Um, rather than kind of probably what has been a, a pattern for most of our life before that of just kind of avoiding, avoiding messages. As long as we right. could push through, as long as we could try to manage the weight with longer runs, we're going right. to do that until our body finally says, all right, then I guess we'll do this in order to get your attention. I mean, and really what it says is I've been robbing Peter to pay Paul for you for 20 <laughs> yeah. years and I'm out. Yeah, I got yeah, nothing left. Exactly. Yep, and so here we now. go. You know, it's like <laughs> yep. crash and burn. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But even at that point, like there, obviously with your story and my story, there's so much that we can do mm-hmm. to, to manage that and to have healthier patterns come out. To show you what is possible, I have invited a few individuals and professionals who have been working with me in the Biology of Trauma courses, and to have them share what is happening with their autoimmune conditions as they are working through their trauma with me. This journey has been really helpful. I definitely noticed last week. So um, three months ago, I started with a functional medicine doctor after 10 years of chronic health issues that um, I hadn't gotten help with and figured out a lot on my own. Um, But when I started with that doctor, he diagnosed three autoimmune disorders, gut infections, viruses that are overactive in my system, a variety of other things, loss of oral tolerance, which is my my body's having immune reaction to over 50% of the foods that I eat. 
So for the last three months, I've been on an extremely restricted, like more restricted than AIP diet. Uh And, and it's also one level more complicated than that. I have to rotate all of my foods, (laughs) like every ingredient of foods that I eat, there has to be separation between like days of separation. So, so this has been difficult on so many levels. Like I, I didn't really consider myself very much of like an emotional eater in the past, but with trying to adhere to this new diet, it's been difficult on so many levels, just like the accepting of all of the, the, the things that are going on in my body, the like ups and downs of my body processing all the supplements that he's giving me the adjustment to a really difficult diet. It's also really restricted and I'm having food cravings. Like I've been eating really healthy for years, but I'm having food cravings now. Like I just didn't even imagine could ever happen. (laughs) Like it's so intense. And so I really appreciate this class because I was really starting to like struggle emotionally with the food cravings and stuff like that. And through the somatic work, I am like giving like my belly support, like creating a new relationship with my belly. And I'm like talking to my belly and like, like, you know, hearing that I'm like, wow, like you're really going through a lot where like we can work together and um, just like rubbing my belly after I eat. And um, it's really it's been really supportive and really helpful where I was just sort of in angst about it before. Like, is this working? Can I do it? You know, it's just like, this feels so hard. And like, I'm not sure how to support myself in, in all of that hardness, but it really, I noticed this week, just in the last couple of days after doing that for a few days that my whole system is starting to calm down and like, I'm getting less sort of gut, upsetness. And I feel like I'm just like, I'm starting to digest better and it's, it's promoting my healing. It's really nice. Huge shift, which was extremely exciting. My kid was really upset and has been upset over the weekend and was crying and I needed to hold him. And usually I can get really sucked into the emotion. But I actually was doing the co-regulating for the first time, I think. It was so exciting because I could hold the space. I try to hold the space, but I've never been able to do it before. And I know that it's the practice. So I'm very grateful. It's been priceless. (laughs) The amount of uh, awareness is the biggest difference for me about what what state I'm in. Because I... I, uh, have been struggling with chronic pain and inflammation for over 10 years. And then that devolved into chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and autoimmune disease. And I've been, I, as a naturopath, I've, I've literally done everything to, to heal myself and uh, always ended up getting stuck somewhere along the way, um, even though I made progress. But <clears throat> this has given me a lot of hope that I can, that I found that missing piece that I, can really actually regulate my nervous system because I had no idea that I was 
living it. Well, I knew I was in sympathetic dominance, but I didn't know the chronic freeze was underneath it all. And I would just always go into that sympathetic dominance to get through my day and to get what needed to be done done and come home and just collapse out until I finally burned out. But now I can, I can actually, um, especially with the breath exercise this morning, it was like, Oh, uh, like what Dr. Amy said, a way to track what state my nervous system is in because I'm often so disassociated from my body. But if I remember to pay attention to my breath, it's like, oh yeah, I'm breathing shallowly right now. Okay, what can I do to shift back into parasympathetic? It's it's all of those pieces, the understanding in particular of, of how my biology and nervous system is working has just been so, so, so valuable to help me be able to now shift back into parasympathetic. Um, so that way I can I can work while I'm in parasympathetic and retrain. And that's the biggest piece is just retraining and rewiring my nervous system. And so I'm just so thankful and, and so grateful for, for this work and this awareness and this understanding of, of my body and how it's working. And you know what? It's not broken because <laughs> I had that feeling for so long and I'm broken, I'm broken. But no, I'm not broken. My body did what it did to survive and get me here. And it's like, I just have to shift it, shift it and repattern, right? It's such a different perspective, just like someone else was saying earlier about, you know, it's like, I don't have to fix it. <laughs> I just have to, you know, learn how my body works and, and connect with it. So it's, it's just such a, a beautiful perspective to take out. How can I support my body and, and love it and, and nurture it in the way that it needs. So it's, this has just been wonderful. And I, I'm just so, so filled with gratitude as well as everyone else participating in the program too, because that group energy has just been so helpful as well to help, help, especially me make these awarenesses and connections and stuff like that and move through the different states. So thank you. Absolutely. Am I woke up this morning and I said to my partner, I said, my brain is going to blow. That's how much new stuff and information is there from a traditional therapy background to more of the, the, the biology and the complexities of that. And also my own health. I've learned a lot about my own health. So both are happening at the same time. So, woo. <laughs> so I'm a, um, a therapist. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner in Amherst, Massachusetts. So this, this unit, it feels like it's just this layer cake and layer cake of deepening my understanding of my clients. So I have a lot of clients with health issues as a holistic practitioner. So I have a client with lupus. I have a client with all different kinds of things. So I didn't realize that the autoimmune part um, was like so much of I don't have all the words yet, like affecting the mitochondria and the energy and the brain fog. And it really did click for me like, oh, that's why there's so much fatigue. So it's just a it's a big process of trying to unparcel all of this. It all just reinforces how complex people are and how much it's not just psychotherapy. And I've always felt that, I mean, SC had given me that around going to the body and not just talk therapy. So adding this whole biology piece is very empowering. 
And it has me up at four o'clock listening to things, you know, just trying to figure out stuff. So it's all very exciting. And I'm very grateful. All of it is relevant. The sunshine, the vitamins, it's, it's just perfect. So thank you. I just have had so many opportunities to talk about all of this work that it is amazing. And sometimes you're just the entry level into hope for these patients that have seen, you know, that have been sick for so long. Like I say, they come in with two pages of medications and they still feel terrible. And so you can just give them baby steps, right? So for me, you know, I've I've talked about the states of the nervous system with patients. I've gone over somatic exercises with patients that have had trauma. Um, I am so excited to talk about the role of inflammation and those adaptive immune patterns, which I see in just about everybody I see. Um, And just kind of that role of inflammation and what, what that looks like from a, you know, kind of a blood sugar um, diet, movement, spending time in nature, the things that I, you know, I can actually influence. And I, I mean, I had an amazing opportunity, two amazing opportunities today. We referred her to the 21 day journey. I said, have I got someone that you can even learn more from? So it was, it's really incredible. And I thank you for all of this it's amazing. And it helps my patients every day. And if I can just be a baby step for someone, like I said, I can see the hope in their eyes and that's pretty wonderful, which is why I'm doing this. So thanks. And that is why I do this to see the hope come into someone's eyes as they start to see changes in their mood, energy, and health symptoms that they thought they were stuck with. That concludes this episode on understanding autoimmune conditions and the freeze behind autoimmunity. That was a lot. If you are not familiar with what autoimmune conditions are, I will have resources in the show notes because there are actually quite a lot of different diseases that are not, it's not commonly known that they are an autoimmune condition. And all of that, all of those will apply to what we talked about in this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. What resonated with you? What new insights did you gain? Did you find it helpful to look back on your life and find a moment when she or he, of course, referring to those younger parts of us, she or he wanted to die? Did you find it surprising that unexpressed anger, suppressed anger, repressed anger, meaning we don't even know that we are repressing it, is all related to autoimmunity? Please share your reflections on this episode's webpage because I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. And with that, I am your host, Dr. Amy. Thank you for listening and spending this time with me. I will have some other guides in the show notes that will give, give you resources, give you guidance for your trauma healing journey, especially if you are just starting out and wondering if you have stored trauma as well. Until next episode, lots of love. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey. And you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy. 
sending you lots of love. 